When looking at this weekend's official visit slate for South Carolina's football program, the stakes could not be higher. You are Locked On Gamecocks, your daily podcast on the South Carolina Gamecocks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Gamecock Nation, and welcome back to the Locked On Gamecocks podcast, your show for the latest headlines and potential storylines on South Carolina Gamecock athletics. I'm Andrew Lyon, the host of this podcast, and also a staff writer for Gamecocks Digest over on SI.com. Thank y'all so much for making the Lockdown Gamecocks podcast your first listen or watch here today. We are free and available both wherever you get your audio podcasts daily and also on YouTube. There is no mistaking just how important this upcoming weekend is for Shane Beamer and South Carolina's football program. Because based on some of the recruits, they're coming here to campus. How tight some of these recruitments are, and what these guys could do for the South Carolina Gamecocks in the future, this is the most important official visit weekend slate to date in the Shane Beamer era. When looking at this weekend's group, there are going to be four different official visitors, but out of this group, we're going to be focusing primarily on the three most notable prospects from a national perception. In five-star edge rusher Dylan Stewart, four-star wide receiver Jonathan Paler, and four-star athlete Daniel Hill, who's being recruited by South Carolina to play the running back position at the next level. You need any more of an idea of just how important this weekend is? Eight of South Carolina's 11 commits are going to be in Columbia this weekend. Now, when looking at each of these guys from an individual standpoint, let's first talk about the biggest fish out of the pond here, so to speak, in Dylan Stewart. His recruitment is important for multiple reasons. First of all, the most obvious point, this is one of the most nationally recognizable recruits in the entire country. There are some people that believe that Dylan Stewart is the best prospect in this class. There are some people that think that at the minimum, this guy is one of the 20 best, maybe even the best edge rusher overall in this class. Point being, pretty much everybody thinks that Dylan Stewart is going to be a star at the next level. So when South Carolina has a chance to legitimately grab one of these kind of targets, obviously, you don't want to end up swinging and missing subsequently. Another reason why Dylan Stewart's recruitment is important. This is another kid from the DMV area. Again, South Carolina, since Shane Beamer has returned to Columbia, they have put a massive emphasis on trying to really nail down this region of the country in terms of high school football talent. Shane Beamer obviously has got really deep ties when it comes to the state of Virginia and also partly thanks to the Beamer name also has some really strong ties to the state of Maryland and also Washington, D.C., where Dylan Stewart hails from. You want to continue to move the needle in that area of the country? You get a guy like Dylan Stewart after getting someone like Nicholas Harper in this past recruiting cycle? Again, anybody that is worth their salt as a future potential SEC football player, they're going to automatically look at you just because of 
the fact that you have landed guys like this. That is what landing a kid like Dylan Stewart can do for you. And the other thing is, we all know how much the edge rusher position right now is hurting when it comes to depth. Obviously, you've got a guy in Jordan Strine that is going to be likely done with college football after this upcoming season. You've got some other guys that are sort of upperclassmen in Tyreek Johnson and Terrell Dawkins. And then you got some young bucks in Desmond Zulu and also Brian Thomas Jr., who both could end up being solid players. But again, they're both young. And especially in the case of Desmond Zulu, he hasn't even been on campus for a whole year yet. Those guys are going to need some time to develop. You get a guy like Dylan Stewart in your program, he's a guy that could probably play for you from day one. The competition here is stiff. Teams like Ohio State, Miami, and Georgia seem to be in the mix here. And ironically enough, at the time of this show coming out, Dylan Stewart is planning on announcing a top five later on today. The timing for that announcement is unknown, but he is seemingly going to release a sort of final group, I guess, later on after the show has come out. Dylan Stewart would definitely be the crown jewel of the 2024 recruiting class for South Carolina if the Gamecocks could land him at the end of the day. Very similar to what all went down with the Nicholas Harbor recruitment and the significance of that one. Now let's move on to Jonathan Paler. His recruitment is also very important for differing reasons. Jonathan Paler would give South Carolina an explosive playmaker who could affect the game in all three facets. And I'm talking about the running game, the passing game, and also special teams. While it's not maybe a requirement to have a guy like that on your roster, it certainly does not hurt, clearly. And the Gamecocks, they haven't had someone really like this since Depot Samuel. But history has shown, when South Carolina's got a guy like Depot, or maybe saving a Farrell Cooper on their roster... Their offense just becomes that much more dangerous. Jonathan Paler, in terms of his impact, could be of the same ilk if he comes to Columbia, South Carolina at the end of his recruitment. Jonathan Paler also is a North Carolina native. Some of you may be sitting there wondering, well, what do we need to know about that? What you need to know is South Carolina has struggled mightily in the state of North Carolina for the last three, four, or five years. Now, part of that reason has been because, obviously, South Carolina has taken their lumps on the football field. That certainly does not help you in that aspect. But another thing to consider is the fact that Mac Brown returned to North Carolina. And sure, Mac Brown has probably not done a whole lot of noteworthy things since he's been back in Chapel Hill with the Tar Heels. But Mac Brown's one of the best recruiters in the country. He has proven that with the recruiting classes he has brought in, at least up to this point. And... When Mac Brown came back to North Carolina, he essentially locked down the state's borders. And very few teams have been able to go in there besides, say, Clemson and get some of those top-notch prospects from the state of North Carolina. So, you get a guy like Jonathan Paler, it cracks open the door for South Carolina to get back into that state a little bit more in future cycles. The other thing is... Obviously, we talked about this before as well. South Carolina is set to lose a lot of veteran, experienced wide receivers from their football team after the 2023 season. Juice Wells, again, likely going to the NFL. You're going to lose an Amari Brown. You're going to lose an Xavier Leggett. You're going to lose an Eddie Lewis. To carry on, Joyner's going to be gone. That's five guys right there that are 
at least somewhat reliable wide receivers and experienced wide receivers at that that are going to be leaving your roster. And besides maybe a Nicholas Harper and a couple other players behind those guys, there's not necessarily a whole lot of long-term obvious talent at this spot. You get someone like Jonathan Paler on your squad, that solves that issue very quickly. The main competition here, the NC State Wolfpack by far. The Wolfpack have hosted him the most out of any team that has been involved in his recruitment. They hosted him for an official visit this past weekend. And NC State seems to feel like that they are right in the thick of things. But South Carolina has felt good about their position, it seems like, for a very long time. Paler has named the Gamecocks his leader publicly on several occasions this year. So, we'll see if South Carolina can close the deal with Jonathan Paler this upcoming weekend. And the last recruit we're going to discuss real quick before we get to my interview with Brian Smith is Daniel Hill, the four-star athlete out of Mississippi. Again, there are some important aspects to this recruitment. South Carolina, I talked about this on the Thursday show. If you're not an everydayer, be sure to go back and watch that. South Carolina does not possess a complete back on the roster at this current moment. And when I say complete back, I'm talking about a guy that can block well for you, that can catch the football at a high level, and also can be really effective on the ground. Maybe run through guys, however your playing style dictates it. For Daniel Hill, he can definitely run through people because of the fact he's about six foot, 225, 230 pounds. He is a big dude. And when you consider the fact that Daniel Hill hails from the Magnolia State, the state of Mississippi, this could end up really helping out South Carolina in terms of their recruiting base in the future. Because right now, the Magnolia State is seeing a massive surge when it comes to high school football talent, more so than we have seen in the past several years. If the Gamecocks can get a guy like Daniel Hill out of Meridian, Mississippi, then you've now put a stake into the state of Mississippi and again, other prospects, they're going to take note of the fact that a guy like Daniel Hill, as talented as he is, who could go to Alabama, the biggest competition here, decided to go to South Carolina. That would be extremely noteworthy to every single kid over there in that state. That is what landing a guy like Daniel Hill could do for Shane Beamer and this football program. So all in all, each of these guys... In terms of their talent and potential, they could all leave a massive mark on this program. All of them are highly coveted by other programs. For a couple of them, historic programs. This is big boy recruiting, as recruiting analysts like to call it. And it's also an opportunity for Shane Beamer and his staff to send a resounding message to the rest of the country that 2023 was not some kind of one-off class that the momentum has not fallen off since their initial run they had back in the winter and spring, and that they can land multiple kids out of state, and that they are truly a force to be reckoned with on the recruiting front. There are still some people out there that are skeptical on whether or not South Carolina can consistently land these kind of guys. If you go two for three or even three for three on this group, um, any questions about that would be quelled immediately. No doubt about that. Now, in just a couple of moments, Lockdown's recruiting insider Brian Smith will be joining me on the show to give his insight into each of these recruitments and what kind of talent 
these guys truly possess. We'll be getting into that in just a couple moments right here on Locked on Gamecocks. But first, today's show is brought to you by Bird Dogs. I gotta say, y'all, I'm pretty excited because this weekend, I'm going to be heading down to the beach with my family for a week-long vacation. I love going down to the beach. And the thing is, when I go down to the beach, I don't want to have to pack too many things. I want clothes that I can wear out to the beach, clothes that I can wear on a golf cart, wear going to a restaurant, and I want something that's going to be comfortable and fit me well. Bird Dogs is going to be the perfect shorts for me. I'm going to bring my Bird Dog shorts on down to the beach without a question. They've got anti-stink sweat wicking fabric that helps to keep you cool and dry all day long throughout the summer. So, what are you waiting for? Go to birddogs.com slash college and enter promo code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE for a free Yeti-style tumbler with your order. That's birddogs.com slash college for a free Yeti-style tumbler. I promise you, once you put Bird Dogs on for the first time, you're never going to want to take them off. Welcome back to this Friday edition of the Lockdown Gamecocks podcast, where we cover your South Carolina Gamecocks every single day. And speaking of every single day, thank you to all of you everydayers for making the Lockdown Gamecocks podcast your daily choice for South Carolina Gamecock sports coverage. Gamecock fans, this is the official visit weekend that you've all been looking forward to for quite some time. Now, the Gamecocks are not hosting many uncommitted prospects on campus this weekend however quality greatly surpasses the quantity this weekend with guys like dylan stewart jonathan paler and daniel hill all going to be here in columbia to dive into what to expect from this weekend and maybe where the gamecocks stand on things with all these guys i'm pleased to be joined by lockdown's resident recruiting insider brian smith brian welcome back to the lockdown gamecocks podcast Thank you very much, sir. Uh, it's going to be a really important weekend for everybody associated with the Gamecocks football program. Like you said, th- these aren't a lot of kids, but the ones that are coming, really important for South Carolina's future. Yeah, absolutely, Brian. It kind of feels like that each of these guys, honestly, they could be absolute game changers for a program like South Carolina that's trying to stack up talent and depth at certain positions to be able to contend with some of the best teams in college football, especially the one they're right next door to in the Georgia Bulldogs. And if you're going to be able to do that, you got to land kids like this. So, Brian, let's start off with, obviously, the biggest name out of this group, which is Dylan Stewart. Dylan Stewart's recruitment has kind of gone national, at least in terms of the eastern half of the United States. Dylan Stewart has been linked with schools like Miami, the Georgia Bulldogs, the Alabama Crimson Tide at certain points, and also the Ohio State Buckeyes, I believe. So, obviously, this is one where South Carolina, you're going to have to earn it. You're not going to get this one easily. So, Brian, with everything that you've seen and heard recently, what is your gut feel on Dylan Stewart's recruitment at this moment? Well, he's been to South Carolina more times than anybody else. Uh, Don't follow what they say, follow what they do. That's an old saying we have in recruiting. And uh, I I know that there are certain kids when I interview them, I can tell when they're giving me lip service. And then I just call somebody that knows the back end of what's going on. That's kind of how it works. In this case, you don't have to. He's not paying lip service. He really likes South Carolina. You're not going to make like five trips to Columbia for the heck of it. So they're in in play. And I think at the end – it's going to be South Carolina or Ohio State. Right now, I like the Gamecocks, but it's still a long way to go before National Signing Day. 
Yeah, absolutely. And if there's honestly one thing that Ohio State definitely has over South Carolina, well, obviously probably a couple of things, but, you know, proximity is something that is quite an interesting factor here, Brian, because Shane Beamer, obviously the Beamer family, they are quite renowned in the DMV region, Washington, D.C., the state of Maryland, and obviously the state of Virginia. And South Carolina, they've made a priority since Shane Beamer's arrival here that they want to get kids from that region. Dylan Stewart hails from Washington, D.C., but South Carolina is starting to get some of those kind of players on the roster here. They got a guy like a cornerback commit in Braden Lee, who's going to be here this weekend, amongst all the other commits for South Carolina, who will obviously be helping to pitch and recruit Dylan Stewart. And you got a guy like Desmond Zulu also that's currently on the roster right now and is also an edge rusher that could maybe be a player host for Dylan Stewart. So, Brian... How much could it help South Carolina to have kids that can kind of relate to, you know, leaving home in that region and coming down to a program like South Carolina and maybe playing here in the SEC? It's huge. Kids always want to know what it's like when they talk to kids from their home area if they've went to that school. I know I've had this conversation with recruits off the record for years. Hey, did you talk to so-and-so that's on the roster? The common answer is yes, and then it's usually followed by that's who they paired me up with. They know that it's important to feel comfortable wherever you visit. If you're out of state recruit, especially one that's going to go more than one state away, you know, the DMV is quite a ways from Columbia. You got to find a way to make them feel comfortable from the moment they step foot on campus. I think it's important that you mentioned that one kid's a defensive end. That can't hurt either. So <laughs> I'm sure that he's going to be involved in this recruitment in one way, shape, or form once Dylan arrives. And he's probably talked to him before, too. But that's how you win, man. You got to find relationships. It's not about the logo on the shirt. It's about the people wearing it. And part of that's also the kids that are on the team already. It's very important. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, for Shane Beamer and South Carolina's football staff, the one thing that's constantly been thrown out there by some kids that have had some of those interviews publicized is, you know, the relationships and the fact that it doesn't just feel like, you know, it's the position coach or primary recruiter that's talking to him. You know, one whole side of the ball's talking to him. Special teams coordinator Pete Limbo's talking to him when he doesn't probably have to. And, you know, Shane Beamer going out of his way to make sure that he's heavily involved in all those visits. And it seems to be something that really sticks out to all those kids. And so certainly can hurt when it happens on the player side of things as well. Now, Brian, another thing that's going to get brought up in Dylan Stewart's recruitment is obviously, you know, what is he going to be looking for? You know, is he going to be looking for something like NIL? Is he going to be looking for early playing time? Does he want to compete for championships? Those are sort of like the big three questions that everyone brings up with prospects like him. And when it comes to NIL, South Carolina just automatically gets kind of brushed off to the size of program that, you know, obviously maybe they don't have the biggest coffers when it comes to NIL money. And, uh, you know, obviously they don't have maybe the name brand of some of these other schools. But when it comes to playing time, right now the depth chart, it's wide open just about on South Carolina's edge position going into 2024 and beyond. So, Brian, my question to you is this. When comparing potential for playing time to NIL, which one do you think still serves as the biggest factor for a kid like Dylan Stewart? I think it's playing time. Although I don't think he's scared of competition. Let's be very clear here. He knows that he's a dude. Um, I have him as my number two overall player, regardless of position in the country, to put it in perspective. I mean, he's him and Jeremiah Smith are my two favorite players, but I'd be surprised if he's not looking for something from NIL too. I mean, he's human. Oh yeah. Why wouldn't you want, I mean, if you're not, I'd almost be concerned. It wouldn't fit the times, would it? So I'm sure there's going to be something there. And, and look at it this way. I talked to somebody at another school recently 
that does it like South Carolina. They use it, but they use it in certain situations. They want kids to earn it. There yes. might be one or two guys, but it's more after you get on campus kind of deal. Stewart knows that he's also going to get paid no matter where he goes because he's he's special player. So I don't think the NIL is as important as you might make it out to be if you're just some random fan. The relationships with Beamer, his contacts there, and how hard they've recruited him are still number one, and then that playing time doesn't hurt either. He's got a chance to start as a freshman at South Carolina. Not a lot of kids do. Oh, yeah. No, there's absolutely no question about that. And, you know, it kind of rings similar to the Nicholas Harbor recruitment this past recruiting cycle, Brian, because, again, like, you know, there were plenty of obviously opposing fans, but also maybe some guys in the recruiting world that kind of, you know, looked at Sapcon and said, you know, well, Nicholas Harper, he could be a future Olympian. You know, he's one of the biggest freaks of an athlete we have seen come out of the high school ranks in some time. So, you know, they automatically said, you know, hey, Oregon. Probably best serves him when it comes to all that stuff. But South Carolina was still able to find a way to land him quite literally at the 11th hour. So for Dylan Stewart, you know, South Carolina's going to hope that it obviously doesn't play out to be that stressful at the end. But again, from the sounds of it, the Gamecocks, they, they got to feel good about their current position with the five-star edge rusher. When we come back, Brian Smith and I are going to continue to talk about some of the other guys that are going to be on South Carolina's campus this weekend, including Jonathan Paler and Daniel Hill. Stick around for that after a word from these messages. All right, continue our conversation here with Locked On's recruiting insider, Brian Smith. Brian, let's move on to some of the other guys that are going to be on campus this weekend, because obviously Dylan Stewart's the biggest name, but there's a couple other really, really solid prospects that are going to be here as well. Jonathan Paler is the next guy that kind of sticks out to me. This is a kid where, folks, I'm going to tell you right now, if you haven't watched his high school film, you need to stop what you're doing and you need to go look at it because Jonathan Paler, he can do just about anything on the football field. He can run the football well. He can also be a big threat in the passing game, and he can also return kickoffs as well. South Carolina fans probably got to love hearing that part with how big special teams is up here as well. Brian, this one seems like it's coming down to South Carolina and NC State and the Gamecocks, they've been looking to get back in the state of North Carolina for the past several years. Mac Brown has had a stranglehold over that state. I know Clemson has kind of gotten a couple big-time players out of that state as well. How important is this recruitment for the long-term outlook when it comes to South Carolina's recruiting efforts in the state of North Carolina? Even if you look at the programs throughout the history of college football that have been dominant, they usually get a lot of kids in state, Alabama or Florida, whatever. You still need to pilfer a few kids from your neighbors. South Carolina is not the biggest state in the world, and you're splitting kids between the Gamecocks and the Tigers. That makes the next state over, Georgia, obviously is always going to be their biggest first go and get players out of. Right. But North Carolina, that state A is growing. It's massive anyway, and it's not like North Carolina has, no offense to them, anywhere near the pull that UGA does. Why wouldn't you recruit that state? There's no reason they shouldn't get two to four kids a year out of the Tar Heel State. Why wouldn't you? They can't take them all, and a lot of the kids in that state want to play in the SEC, and there's no SEC school in the state of North Carolina, at least for now. <laughs> so I think that could change. But right now, if you can just get one guy that would be a paler, like, like you said, I 100% agree with you, stop what you're doing and go watch his film. I watch film every day, and he's a guy I'm like, holy cow, because he is shot out of cannon. So he runs by guys like they're standing still, and it's a lot of fun. Just go watch it. That's, I don't know, he can play running back. They'd probably put him in the slot. Beamer would use him all over. And as a punt returner, the teams that kick it to him, I'm going to laugh at him. 
it's a terrible decision. <laughs> a terrible decision. So he's one of those guys that can just make everybody miss. They have to get guys like that. And if you can get somebody like him, you could open the door, brother. That could be Pandora's box right there. Mac Brown is not going to be around much longer at North Carolina either. That state's going to be wide open. Oh, yeah, without a doubt. And you you know that Shane Beamer and some of the other coaches, uh, even though Shane Beamer's, I think, good friends with the Mac with Mac Brown and his family, you know they're probably using that in recruiting the fact that, you know, hey, he isn't going to be around for forever. I mean, they – It'd probably be stupid not to use that when it comes to these recruitments when they're going head-to-head against North Carolina and NC State, you know, nonetheless. Uh, with Jonathan Paylor, Brian, I want to ask you another question about his game because obviously you just mentioned it. He could do just about everything on the football field. Would you classify Jonathan Paylor as a game-breaker type where essentially he could be the reason that you win a football game? I mean, South Carolina fans, when they think about that, they think about a guy like Debo Samuel, and I know that, you know, we're a long ways away from Jonathan Perry maybe fulfilling some expectations like that, but it really does seem like if there's a kid that can do it out of the last several years that Sacramento's gotten, it could be Jonathan Paylor if they land him. Uh, to put it in perspective from an SEC point, think of all the kids that like Spurrier had at SWAT or Urban did at SWAT at Florida, the little guys that are just really fast, but he's strong too. Like he can legitimately play running back. He's not just some little guy that just makes people miss. He'll run over somebody if they they give him a chance. The comparison, though, with him, with anybody, starts with speed. I mean, it's just straight up shot out of the cannon. He's a track kid legitimately. He could go and just say, to heck with football, and go and roll somewhere, like go to Tennessee or some famous track program and be a dude because he has that kind of speed. That does change games. And now with the spread, it makes it even more difficult because at least 25 years ago, you probably knew where he was going to line up. He could come out in a package and be a part of 12 personnel, be the only running back, but then they motion him out and some poor linebackers on him. Yes, he can absolutely change games anytime they motion him out. Name a linebacker that's going to stay in front of Paylor. <laughs> Nobody. That's Nobody. what I'm saying. You have to get hands on him. And if he's in slot and he's off the line, man, that's hard. That's really hard. It, the offenses have a lot of advantages today. So an elite kid like him, you could add two wins a year. I mean, like legitimately just with him because he just he gets the ball. He makes everybody miss. That's that's an incredibly important position to recruit now more than ever. The slot position, there's dynamic guys. Paylor is one of the top five in the country. You get him, you change your offense. Oh, yeah. And, you know, if you're a South Carolina fan, I know that there's already probably been some thoughts out there about, you know, what could this receiving core look like? You know, if you have a Mazio Bennett, who's got good speed release and route running ability, if you have a guy like Jonathan Paylor in the slot, like you mentioned, then if Nicholas Harper, you know, let's say in a good situation, he develops well at wide receiver, that kind of speed would be nightmarish for SEC opponents to have to deal with every single year for the next couple of years. So Jonathan Paylor is certainly a big recruit that's going to be in town this weekend. Brian, let's go on to the last big uncommitted prospect that's going to be here this weekend in Mississippi native Daniel Hill. We've talked about him before on this show. It seems like this is setting up to be an SEC heavyweight title fight here for Daniel Hill. South Carolina, it sort of seems like that you know you still feel good about where they're at right now. But that Alabama Crimson Tide program over there is still lingering in the background. And with Nick Saban, you can't ever count those guys out. What what are your overall thoughts on Daniel Hill's recruitment at this moment? A couple of things. Number one, where he's located in Mississippi, it's just as much a part of the state of Alabama as Mississippi. It's literally right across the line. So it's closer for them. Two, 
There was a kid that just committed to the University of Miami that is from Tuscaloosa County High School that's a running back, and he's an elite player. Alabama didn't go after him and go after Hill, so that tells you something about how good Hill is. Finally, how often do they miss on a kid they really want at running back? That makes me nervous for any other school. When they didn't go after the kid that's right down the road, I mean, like literally 15 minutes away, I'm like, okay, they must think something. But he's looked at a ton of other schools and taken a ton of other visits. Maybe Bama is just rolling the dice. Hill's a dude, though. Like, I've seen him. Like, he's a big guy. He looks like he's 25 years old, the way his physique is. Like, Harbor is 6'5 and like that. This kid's about six foot and built that way. He's just a freak. So, he's an every down back. He's somebody that can catch the ball. He's somebody that can block. He's an early day player for South Carolina. He could compete possibly for a starting role by the end of his freshman year at running back. You got to find a way to get those kids. The visit coming up is huge for the Gamecocks. Yeah, without a doubt. And when it comes to position of need, Brian, honestly, Daniel Hill's recruitment might be just as important as the, the, the Dylan Stewart recruitment because South Carolina's running back situation. I've talked about this before. Gamecock fans, they got nice pieces and they got guys that could do different things, but they don't have a complete back on this roster right now. Daniel Hill, He's a complete back. Brian literally just said it. He can do just about every. He can literally run routes as a receiver. He can catch the football. He's got a 225, 230-ish pound frame, can run through people. Uh, this kid, he could do big things at the SEC. He is an SEC-level running back, no doubt about that. So this recruitment, certainly a big one for South Carolina, along with the other two with Dylan Stewart and Jonathan Paler. He is Brian Smith, Locked On's resident recruiting insider. Brian, thank you so much for coming on to today's show. Where can all of the Gamecock fans find all of your work on high school football recruiting? At FB Scout underscore Florida, uh, YouTube and Twitter. That's where you're going to find most of my information, one way, shape, or form. And I tell you what, right now, and South Carolina is in the midst of this, the next three weeks for football recruiting, it's the most important three weeks of the year, all the announcements. A lot going on, man. I can't even keep up. I'm just hitting refresh like everybody else. Announcements are random. They're all over the place, but it is a lot of fun. Oh, yeah, it is without a doubt a lot of fun. And, you know, maybe a couple of these guys could be coming off the board for South Carolina, but we'll have to wait and see how all of that plays out. Brian, thank, thank you once again for coming on. For all you Locked On Gamecock viewers and listeners, thank you for tuning in to this Friday edition of the Locked On Gamecocks podcast. Have a great rest of your day, and I'll be sure to catch you all on the next show of the Locked On Gamecocks podcast.